0: welcome we have a great show for you today here this is the bait-and-switch podcast I am as always Chris Beyer and I am joined by my co-host Jim Martin hello everyone in our quest to bring you our audience a high-grade dare I say high octane podcast production we continue to scour an ever-widening perimeter of our personal contact archives tonight we are proud to bring you the official photographer for the Major League Baseball team, the Milwaukee Brewers. Last year, the Brewers were just one step away from reaching the October Classic, the World Series. I think we can all agree that a team photographer is just as important as a gold-glove-fielding, power-hitting outfielder to achieve baseball's highest prize. Won't you join
1: me in welcoming Scott Paulus. Paulus. yep. Welcome, Scott. Welcome, Scott. Thanks for inviting me. I'm pretty impressed that you put me up with a gold glove. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do feel I'm more important, but of course, that's well, yeah. I, I wanted to give yeah. you your due. The yeah, gold yeah, glove absolutely. does not happen without a photograph of the gold glove. To okay. to yeah, so thanks
2: for coming in. Yeah.
1: No, I yeah. appreciate it. This is an honor. It should, it should be a lot of fun. Well, that's,
2: hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> Make it fun for me or I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> so uh so scott before we get into the baseball stuff i did a little bit of research on you tell us a little bit about your background you know where you grew up how you got into photography all that kind of thing and uh, and then i'll let you know if you're right
1: (laughs) tell and i can't remember a lot of it i'm pretty old um (laughs) so i grew up in wisconsin uh i spent part of my time in waukesha okay going to waukesha north north stars there's a shout out for you uh as soon as i about 10 days after high school, I took off, went and joined the military, and traveled the world for six years. And that worked out really well for me. That was fun. Then uh, when it was time to get out and get into college, I decided to come back
2: here. Okay. Which branch were you in? I think it's pretty obvious. Take a guess. I'm going to say the Army. Oh, God. No, no you're a Marine. There. Marines. You're yes. a Marine. Yeah, yeah. Actually,
0: yeah. you're our second Marine. The last person we interviewed, her name was Marine. M A U
2: R
1: E E M. Semper Fi. I wonder if we know each other. Now.
2: <laughs> so you're in for six years. Six years. Marines, yeah. boy, I tell you, I, um, that's hardcore. Well, yeah. it, it it was rough, but it was fun. So you okay? So you're in the Marines. Uh, what uh, what kind of time frame are we looking at? Uh, that was eight,
1: 1986. So 86 to 92.
2: Oh, 86. Uh, okay, so you got out just around the Gulf War. So
1: I went to thing. the Gulf War. So okay, I was in the did. Gulf War, and okay. I got out right after. Okay. Gulf War so, One. Gulf War right, One. First right. Gulf War. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Desert yep. Storm.
0: So, okay. Now the Gulf, the Gulf War, the first Gulf War. For people who might not remember, which was twenty-five years ago or so,
1: lasted all of a couple weeks, right? Yeah. I I got there. I was one of the first units in, which was like in August, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, the the conflict didn't start until like January. January. February. And uh, by April, we were on our way home. Yeah. yeah. So it was very short. Yeah.
0: And kind of ran up the score right yeah yeah. We, yeah we did mercy rule was there right. <laughs> right, like, yeah, yeah, I, think, about yeah. That. I
1: think it was just a mercy rule and everybody decided okay they've uncle they've had yeah, enough they've had enough yeah. right uh yeah it, it was actually it was very interesting because for five years of my career it was always just practice sure. and mm-hmm. then this was finally the time to do it yeah and the most interesting part i found about that is how durable Five hundred or a thousand pound or cluster bombs are. You can drop them, roll them, push them, punch them, and they will not explode. explode. It's yeah. amazing. I, I I'm very lucky. <laughs> when I think back to it, thank God I was in my early twenties because I still have all my fingers and I wasn't surprised.
2: So you were. Uh, so you're working on jets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was. Uh, I worked on F-16s. I was. Uh, oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I was a communication navigation guy. But oh, uh, those yeah. are, those are beautiful planes. A lot of. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, a complete.
1: Um, uh, geek when it comes to airplanes so okay. even if you look at my website you look at all my instagram account you you'll find the, the eaa
2: oh yeah uh-huh.
1: and you'll go to the air force has a lot of fun toys to play with they really do yeah
2: yeah in fact i think i think your picture looks like is that you in a cockpit it looks like there's a like the overhead view of somebody in a cockpit is what it looked like
1: um well there's a couple of shots i think there's one of them where i went up in a stunt plane and the pilot just—the only thing he briefed me on is that okay, I've been—I've done this before. When I tell you to, I'm going to go straight up in the air. Just throw the camera behind your head. I'll tell you if you're straight and you're looking right at me, and then you just
2: snap away. Did you? Did you? Uh, did you puke? No, no. no? I,
1: okay. I'm very proud.
0: Uh, I'll say you know. this: about half of our guests puke before the end of the night. So just, yeah.
1: be prepared. Be yeah. prepared, yeah. yeah. I, I have noticed that I'm starting to get nauseous. Yeah, well, uh, that's it's, uh, it's, it's starting. Take it's, a couple of deep it's, breaths. It's starting yeah. again. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I remember back
0: in 1991 when the Gulf War happened, there was a whole group of people in the military that signed up for the don't no. need to go to college. Mm-hmm. And there had been this long period of peacetime. Yeah. And all of a sudden these yeah. people that never thought they were gonna go to <laughs> war right. ended up going to war and you hear stories about people like, hey, I didn't sign up for this. Right. Yeah. Did you know people at that time that were freaking out and you know tried to get
1: out of it? In in my squadron we never had any conscientious objectors, but I did notice in the Navy that there were a number of them that were that were popping up trying to find that way out. Mm -hmm. Because at that time, like you said, since the Vietnam War, it was real prosperous. The the military, no matter what branch, and I think you know this, everybody was trying to fill their quotas. So they're trying to get people to join the the military because after Vietnam, it was incredibly unpopular. In fact, when I joined in 1986, it was almost dangerous to go out in town in your uniform. That's how unpopular the military was. We got you through the the military here. You, you got out and you went into an artistic endeavor. What was that? I did. So I s- decided that I wanted to go to college so I could get the GI Bill. Let's use it. Let's do it. I, I did, because of age, not have to take an ACT or any sort of test to oh, get in. Oh, that's
2: cool. So nice.
1: T- uh, I did pretty well. Uh, and I transferred from UW-Waukesha over to MIAD, Milwaukee okay. Institute of Art and Design. Uh-huh. Uh, because I just really wanted an art degree. Mm -hmm. And that's 93, I think I started there. Oh, okay. So then you uh, specialized in photography at that point? Well, I started out as an illustrator. I really, and and to this day, I still really like uh, that part of the arts, painting, drawing, things like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, uh, I found out that I have ADD. I just can't sit at a table all day long. I found photography and just picked up a camera and said well this could be this could be pretty cool mm-hmm. my ad thankfully is a very small school so I had a very small class and got some good good instructors over there that really helped me out and uh, one in particular I should say really pointed me in the direction of sports right so right. he took me down to uh, the UCC down on the south side there's a Hispanic community center a school down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had a boxing program down there for the kids. And this guy named Shorty runs the boxing program. As a matter of fact, he's pretty famous because he qualified for the Olympics in the 70s mm-hmm. okay. and was going to go box in Russia where the Olympics were they, being held they, in the they, 70s, they, but then Carter canceled it, so he never went. The, but he started just teaching kids off the streets, and put them into a boxing program.
2: What's, what I think is really interesting is this is the second week in a row now that we have talked about the 1980 boycott of the Summer Olympics.
0: Really? Yeah. I'll ask Tom Schuler, was a cyclist, and he yeah. qualified for the Olympics, but the, he didn't go because of the same oh. reason. Yep. That yeah,
1: that was a that was a big tragedy. That was that was too bad. But wow, that's mm-hmm. a, that's an interesting coincidence. You yeah. don't find many people around that were from the Olympics in that era.
2: Right, yeah. right. And then two weeks in a row. I mean, what are the odds? <laughs> you know, know. we didn't put you up to that.
1: He's not a Marine, or his name is not Marine, right?
2: No, uh, neither no, no. one. Neither okay. one. Nope,
0: nope. <laughs> um, so you started specializing in sports photography. Right.
1: Right. Well, I was fortunate, especially because I was older. I sort of had more drive to. Oh, yeah. and desire to find a direction to go in. Mm-hmm. So like I said, uh, Shorty hooked me up. I would fo- photograph boxers, then I'm like, this is exciting. I wanted something exciting, something with a little oomph to it. Sure. So I got that, and then uh, I started looking for assisting jobs. Mm-hmm. I found one guy that did heavy uh, work with Harley Davidson. We'd do all these interesting, cool shoots, so that got me going. And then uh, at one point, there came on the same bulletin board an internship for the milwaukee brewers in 96 okay and that was the year i was graduating right so um i just applied for it and i walked in there not having really any sports i had a little bit of boxing sure. as a portfolio the photographer at the time joe Piccolo, he was the team photographer at the time said yeah. well i that's what i want I, I i see too many people in here with weak sports stuff why don't you just come in and do it Oh. So at that point, that's when I got into baseball, and I was just lucky enough to stick with it. Oh, cool.
0: So then you kind of interned under him for a while and eventually took over that
1: gig? Well, it was a little bit longer from there because um, there was just a one-year internship. Mm-hmm. So, But from there, um, the best thing you can do, and which I, a lot of people don't do nowadays, is assist intern for people even if you got to work for free you learn so much and you need to learn a lot so I Mm -hmm. started assisting for Sports Illustrated photographers and at that time Sports Illustrated was a much bigger deal yep and (laughs) I've made some mistakes and made some really good experiences off of that I've met some really famous athletes things like that And, and that was I would say almost more
2: educational and it helped me become a better photographer So, now, was that not in town then? Was that like around for Sports Illustrated where you're going all around the nation then?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say too far around the nation, but I would travel for them. Okay. Um, There was uh, two photographers in particular that I really gelled with. uh, Ron Madra, who's a legend in the business, and uh, John Beaver. And John Beaver comes from the Beaver family. His dad, Vern Beaver, was the Packers original, if you could call him, team photographer. Okay. He did the ice bowl. Nope. Uh, oh really. And okay. then his sons, Jim Beaver stayed as the Packers photographer for a long time, hmm. but John went on to work for Sports Illustrated for many decades, hmm. and I was working with him. okay. And it nice. just works out like John loved basketball. Ron Madra loved baseball and and golf. Uh, so I would get experience yep. trying to photograph as much as I could.
2: yeah, all different kinds of stuff. That's great.
1: Does every team have a team photographer? Yes,
0: okay. And now, obviously, the newspaper photographers are there, and the, the TV people are there as well. All their work goes to their media. Where does your work end up?
1: I'm the marketing department, basically. So everything okay. that I shoot is what they use for promotional stuff. So every all the posters, all the billboards, everything you see around the stadium, uh-huh. that's what I shoot. Oh, nice. The stuff that they use, like, it could go in the newspaper, but it's mostly the ads, the advertisements. Okay. Not the reporting of the game. Okay. Things mm-hmm. like that.
2: Gotcha. So do you do the pictures on Star Wars Night? You know Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> as a matter of fact, because I grew up in seventy seven. That was my yeah, year. Right. I, I Star Wars is still my thing. So I I, I even went as far out to get a, a stormtrooper helmet. Yep. And I have that every year for Star Wars Night. And there's always a player that wants to wear it he wants to have it on i've even gotten one guy to have it under his arm for the anthem
2: oh nice (laughs) so do you do video too then or just uh, still
1: i do some video interviews Mm -hmm. uh but my passion is really the stills Mm -hmm. Uh, i will say that the one thing that really takes my time is the editing and that's not my favorite thing to do yeah i'd rather look over someone's shoulder and point them how to do it sure because editing is an art in itself and it's so technical
2: yeah it's got to be pretty tedious. Thank you, too. thank right. you for yeah. that. Yeah, Chris is our editor. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm I'm unsung, yeah. so keep singing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
1: well, and, and this is the and this will point out because I have two really good stories in sports, and the one was with John Beaver, who's the basketball photographer. And so when I was trying to work, they would ask me, "Well, can you do this? Can you do that?" Well, you're young. You're like, "Yeah, I can do it." Mm, and you then you go yeah. find a book on it and right. then figure out how to do it. <laughs> but at that time. Um, to shoot a basketball game involved hundreds of yards of cable. And then at that time, this was a brand new stadium in Ohio. I think it was Ohio State. It uh, it didn't have what we use, which are strobes. So if you go to games, during a game, you'll see a pop, pop, pop. Uh-huh. Those are called strobes. Those are lights. So if you're shooting basketball, that's how we get a really clean, good photo. Okay, It's basically the flash on your camera, but they have four of them up in the catwalks firing at the same time
2: oh really okay yeah, it, for it's you guys f- i mean just for the, us yeah for right, the for right. photographers right. yeah yes
1: right. so john says hey we need to shoot this game go down there and do that and i'm like well okay so they flew me down and i was supposed to pick up all the equipment because they didn't normally most stadiums will have the lights there so we just connect our cords and we can play sure but this one I didn't. So I get down there. At that time I'm about 29. I'm like, "Okay, I'm still spry. This should be shouldn't be a problem." Sure. Well, there's an elevator that goes up to the press box, then from there you got to take the stairs up to the catwalk. So I'm lugging four of these packs that weigh easily 50 pounds a piece, right. then all the extension cords, all the lights, all the cables. Yeah. yeah, I'm sweating. I'm I did not sign up to be a photographer to be a mule. Right. So I get everything up on the catwalks, everything set up. I'm sweating to death, but I'm cramping up like crazy. I can't get enough water in me. So I'm looking, and part of my job is to make sure it's working. Halfway through the game, I look up. One of the strobes isn't firing. I'm like, John, one of the strobes isn't firing. I'm going to go take a look at it. So I go up there, take the elevator up to the press box. Press box, stairs up to the catwalk. I get up there, and I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, there it is. So this brand-new stadium, they only had two outlets on the entire catwalk. So I'm running huge watt seconds of all these packs off of two outlets and i knew one was going to blow at least i knew that yeah so i'm like okay great so i take an extension cord run it into the press box unplug a coffee maker and then i plug in this this strobe i come back out and i'm like okay it's working and at that time i kind of noticed wow this the arena is really quiet and this is halftime this is where they do their goofy stuff right all the stuff's on a jumbotron everybody's Mm -hmm. going crazy (laughs) and i'm walking out and i see this guy in front of me and he's holding the rails like for life yeah and he's just sweating like crazy he looks at me and he says are you the effer that just blew my jumbotron and I looked over the catwalk and the jumbotron was completely black. And at that time, the crowd just erupted and they were chaos. It was going crazy. And I looked over at him and at that point, I didn't care. I just looked over at him and said said, which he did not want to hear he that. that and enough. as I'm walking by him, he goes, I'm going to have your FF and job. And I said, you can have this FF and job, any FF and time you want it. Yeah. Right. He sort of looked at me, didn't know what to say. I walked back and John never hired me again. <laughs> at least not to light anything (laughs) right
2: right
0: (laughs) as far as your um job involving
1: the brewers are you there for all the games yeah just about all the games now okay Um, in in the beginning it wasn't really a necessity but Mm. now uh, especially because of social media we like to have start to finish coverage of the games okay and i have an assistant a great assistant kirsten schmidt and she helps me out so we have a lot of coverage of the games you make her
2: lug the strobes (laughs) <laughs> good. good. <laughs> I don't put her through that. So a
0: lot of your pictures end up on social media.
1: Uh, yes. I have different departments I have to supply stuff for. And one of the most important things I have to supply is stock. So well, unlike the wire services or the newspapers who just have to report the game, it's very important for me to get a stock photos of every player in every angle I can think of.
2: So now what happens... Let's say we make a trade for a new guy, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't have any pictures in his uniform yet. Does that something you do with the Photoshop? Do you put the uniforms on the guys? No, I hate, the hat I hate hearing Photoshop. Is is I hate hearing... I won't do does it. Kirsten do that? Or <laughs> you get another, another techie who does something like that then?
1: So when you're looking at the Jumbotron, if mm-hmm. there's somebody new that comes on, and it's very obvious, like the well-educated fan will know that, well, he we picked him up, which... This year has worked for just about everybody we picked up. They started their games on the road, even if they came up from the minors. Uh But if we picked them up from another team, obviously, even on the away games, the away teams want their photo on their Jumbotron. Mm -hmm. So we have a pretty savvy group of marketing people that will get that brewer's hat on them. Okay. And it will be convincing. Do you go on the road? Uh, Spring training and postseason. During the season, I will if there's something important Mm -hmm. for it but out of 81 home games it's pretty easy to capture what i need and last year you got to go to the playoffs last year was really unique and that was really great we had three killer celebrations it's very unique because the only time i've seen celebrations was 2008 uh 11 and um last year Mm -hmm. and eight and 11 was just one celebration in and out we're done yep Uh, unfortunately our celebrations were all on the road but they were actually pretty hilarious and we had three of them so it's really nice for us because we've got some great stock something great for history sure and it happened three times so if you couldn't get it right the first time it's very (laughs) rare
2: you get three shots of this yeah exactly (laughs) yeah was euchre in the locker room each time Oh, for God, each one? Yeah, I think yeah. he was, right?
1: My other good stories with Euchre. Euchre yeah. was... Uh, and I told Euchre I would tell this story, but he's awesome because... Wait a
2: minute. You told him you're going to be on this podcast? No, no, no. Oh, I, I didn't tell him that. Say, like, wait a minute. I told him I'd tell this story. Yeah. Whoa, wait a second.
1: Okay. Well, Euchre is great. If you ever sit down and have an audience with Euchre, and especially in spring training, in the me- visiting team's media lunchroom, mm-hmm. before, when we get something to eat, he'll just sit down, he'll have an audience, and he'll talk stories. Oh, yeah. And... After 19 years of doing this, it's never been the same story twice. He always has a new story. So sure. my God, they're hilarious. Oh, the yeah. guy's just an incredible entertainer. Yeah, uh, but he has, you know, since you know how long 50s great stories. Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, our first celebration, which was in St. Louis, it okay. was incredible. So um, I didn't need to fly down there or be at St. Louis because we were waiting to find out what the magic number was. Because once we got down to one. This game we win. There's a celebration. Right. So, uh, my boss Tyler Barnes was like, "Okay, well let's just wait." So he said, "Okay, we're at one. Um, pack your bags, fly down there, and just fly back with the team." Which mm-hmm. is what I would normally do. Which was great because it was already a long road trip to get to St. Louis. So they had been playing somewhere else. So I'm like, oh, okay, "Okay, that's good." So I, I packed all my camera gear, everything I needed. Um, uh, just a small bag because again, I wasn't even going to be staying overnight. It was we were soon as the game was over. That bus goes to the airport and we fly back to okay. Milwaukee. So I had everything packed, got down to St. Louis, and it was great because it was a fast game, which is nice. Yeah, uh, We won the game and the celebrations were going. Everybody, the first celebration is the best. Everybody's yeah. going nuts. The beer is flying. And if you know what, the only thing I'll say, champagne is caustic. Oh my God. Right. That's oh, yeah. nasty material. Yeah. So when it's you see the guys wearing goggles, goggles. Yeah. I don't care if, if you're old school baseball, You'd be wearing goggles, too. Right. You get right. a spray of that champagne in your eyes, and it's nasty. Yeah. You can't even get it out of clothes. It just buries your clothes. Uh-huh. So – Everybody's going nuts. Chase Anderson, he comes up to me, and I'm, I'm photographing something. He pulls up the back of my pants and just starts dumping beer down my pants. <laughs> RC is <Arcea's laughs> dumping beer over my head. I mean, everybody's just celebrating, and it's going nuts. Yeah. And the Euchre comes in, and you see that shot of Euchre. He's, a bunch of guys are pouring beer down him, and he's doing the fist pumps, and oh, yeah. he's having a good time. And right at that time, I realized I didn't pack a change of pants. Had everything else Uh-oh. except a pair of pants. <laughs> oh. I'm like, I'm not gonna get on the flight in like covered in oh in this crusty, beer, nasty yeah. champagne beer <laughs> coated I just pants. Could, yeah. I
2: just had beer poured down oh, my pants. Oh, and it I can't stinks. Yeah. It stinks <laughs> sure.
1: and it's nasty and just crunchy. It's just terrible. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna do. With it. I go into coach's locker room, I shower, I clean up, but i like, I got nothing on. So I go over to every clubhouse has their own laundry facility, oh, and okay. we they have the visiting clubhouse has their own clubbies. So I went over to the guys and I looked over and said, hey, that's a dryer, right? Can you just throw my pants in there? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, sure, no problem. So I'm trying to edit photos <laughs> to get out to social media and get out to people who need them immediately. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the laundry room by myself in my underwear and a t-shirt just editing photos away. <laughs> and I'm freaking out because at this point, it's 45 minutes until the bus leaves and it, the oh, bus yeah. is not gonna wait for me. No. If, if yeah, it, <laughs> the White bus Scott's goes.
2: not here, hold on. <laughs>
1: exactly, I'm taking an Uber back. Right, right. But then Euchre comes walking in, and he sees me sitting there, and he goes, Hey, Scotty, is that a dryer? I go, Yep. Boom. Pulls his pants off, his shirt off, throws it in the dryer. (laughs) And so then Euchre and I are sitting in the laundry room in our underwear. I'm editing. He's telling me all these stories and just cracking me up. And every once in a while, I'll have somebody peek in the laundry room and go, Hey, but... Never mind. I'll, yeah. t- I'll ask you later. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, guys, Sorry. come back.
2: This isn't what you right. think. Sure it's a
1: special moment.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, you fellas are sitting in your underwear having a moment. Right? I know. Yeah. And Euchre looks
1: alone. over, he looks over at me and <laughs> goes, Scotty, the bus leaves in 15 minutes. What happens? I'm like, Bob. As long as you're here, that bus isn't going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> right. Me, it's right. gone. You, yeah. you're my safety net. Yeah.
2: Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: so we made the bus after that one. Oh, that's cool. All right, well, that's cool. Well, we're going to wrap up the first half of
0: the interview here. We're going to take a little bit of a break. And as I've said before, uh, on the web, you people can – you people –
1: Uh, on the web you
0: can listen next week uh to the second half of this or you can go back and listen to the rest of our old interviews so let's wrap up the first half take a little break and we will do
2: the second half here shortly welcome back to the bait and switch podcast my name is jim martin along with my co-host chris byer tonight we have scott paulis the milwaukee brewers photographer with us thanks for coming in scott welcome back Thanks for asking me. I hope I don't disappoint you. Well, we're hoping that too. Yeah, we'll see how it goes.
1: <laughs> as long as I have the encouragement, I'm all in. Yeah, right, right. So uh, the
0: headhunter for this interview was Michelle Tonkovitz.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Michelle. Yeah, you know her from the Wawatiki uh, Well, actually, she's a graphic designer, so I met her through the community of oh, okay. advertisers and stuff like that. So. Oh, okay. I've done some work with her at some advertising get-togethers, associations, things like that, and we have throw each other ideas back and forth.
0: For some of our listeners yeah. that may or may not know this, we are based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, just outside of Milwaukee, in Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Our listeners might also remember an episode earlier this year where we interviewed two bar owners, and it's Pete and Jimmy, who own the Wauwatiki, which is a neighborhood bar here that's where we ran into pete and jimmy and they came in here as well and that's where we ran into michelle as well who is a guest uh here before you anyway just give them some background to so some people that aren't from there area. Right. that this is a local place that people have
1: it's kind of like a cheers yeah exactly. everybody's getting that same it's sort of in that same wheelhouse as far as age and experience goes so
0: yeah we can true. come
1: out and we can hang out and talk
0: now we talked uh before we started the podcast uh scott brought up that his girlfriend's in arizona mm-hmm. and uh I'm a single guy, and so uh, you know, I ran into Scott at the bar here, and I figured I oh, maybe he's single, but no, he's he's spoken for. He's got somebody in Arizona here. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so, how often do you get there? Uh, not too often lately. This is my busy season, so I, I stay oh, sure. pretty busy right now.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> but uh, you know, since you're a single guy, yeah, I mean, you're you're not married yet. But we're talking about being single. Jim remembers this. There's a story about how more than a few years back, I met a girl where. Jim and I had this idea. It was New Year's Eve, and we we're going to just before we wrap up the night, we we're going to walk into a bar and act like we we're going to use the bathroom or use the bathroom, and scan the area and see if there's anybody interesting. Mm-hmm. Then on the way out, talk to them and just take off if there's nobody there interesting.
2: It's quite the plan. Yeah, it a the good, plan. it's a good scheme. That's, that's a you new might plan. Call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I did spot somebody on the way back out. I started talking to her, and, and Jim came out. We all started talking, and then I ended up dating that girl for quite a while. So I thought, it's time to replicate that, right? <laughs> and so what I've been doing here lately is before I go out, I go out to like 10 bars just to use the bathroom, right? And I'm a bit of a method actor. So, you know, I got to <laughs> feel it. And so I drink like three gallons of water, right? You know, so that I actually have you to You really get into character. It's, yeah. yeah. takes
2: it seriously. Yeah. yeah.
0: Shakespearean trained. But... The problem is i've developed a bladder infection right (laughs) so i've been visiting some urologists and i ended up dating a female urologist because of this and i actually set up like visits with like six different female urologists and i drank like six gallons of water so i had enough samples for all of them but it's worked out in the end you know i met somebody via this method
2: well that's good yeah
0: so i'm just passing it on to you you know if
2: well maybe that didn't
1: work out that maybe haven't been able to make it work here in Wisconsin. I just don't pee enough. Yeah. yeah.
2: You're not using the
0: bathroom.
1: That's the problem. Yeah. I've not.
0: Right. What <laughs> is your technique? Do you have a go-to? Now, you, you're you
1: dating somebody currently, but what was your, you know, this is my technique. What was your technique to meet women? See, I've never been cool enough to have a, uh, a game plan, to think about a game plan, or to have a strategy. Hmm. It was probably just to find somebody that was, you know, desperate enough. Yeah. Okay. To get that's, over the, that's a the key. The chronic halitosis, the lazy eye, and the dance. <laughs> and once you got once you got through all that, then I knew they were okay with yeah, me. They're in. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right. Where did you meet the Arizona girl? In Arizona. You were oh it's spring training. Spring training. I'm oh. there every year. Oh, okay. Interesting. And this long distance thing you've been able to is you met her this, this year? Uh two years ago. Two years ago, and you've been able to keep that up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's been off and on. It's a struggle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I give yeah. up a lot easier than you. There
0: was a girl I stopped dating because parking was too difficult in front of her place. <laughs> it's like the
2: parallel parking. I kept just, thinking, ah.
0: is she that cute? You know, yeah, I mean, right. do I have to keep circling? <laughs> and uh, I kept circling. Finally, one night I just said, forget it. I'm going to go
1: home. Yeah. I, I I think that you and I are probably the same thing because I, I think eventually I was getting it to the end of one relationship just because... It was too far it was in milwaukee and she was six miles away yeah. plus maybe it's my fault too because you know you sort of look at your 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 own personal time mm-hmm. so i've been married before and i think if you've ever been married you start realizing how important your personal time is mm-hmm. so it's i don't know you, you got to go work for a week somewhere else that's fine just go ahead i'll be fine
2: sure yeah, yeah. it gives me a little time
1: to decompress yes. yeah yeah
0: you, you know i one thing i've one thing i thought is that, uh, you know, I'd never move in with somebody before I got married. Now, I don't think I'd move in with them after I got married. You know, I mean, once I get married and she said, it's time to move
2: in, I say, hey, not so fast. Right. People ask, what makes it work? Yeah. Well, we don't live in the same house. Yeah. That's what makes yes, it work. exactly. You know, they have their space, yeah. I have my space.
1: Which would puzzle you even more that would you ever date or marry somebody that works with you? You not only get to come home with them, but you get to work with them all day. That would be tough. And I like people. That's I like people true. who don't talk about work mm-hmm. when you're outside of work. But yeah. what are you going to do yeah. when you're working with somebody? And then you come home after work. Right. I'm the one that did that to you.
2: Yeah, right. exactly. exactly. I was there. I was there. Yeah. I'm right. the ass you're talking about. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then they're like, yeah.
1: well, we're going to have to break up because I, I got to complain about you to somebody else. I need someone else. It's got
2: to be something. Right. It's got to be a buffer there. So – um. Scott, I was getting back to the photography a little bit. Okay. Uh, so I noticed you. Um, you did. Did you shoot some stuff at the air show recently? Like weren't uh, you with the. Yes. I so, thought I saw you with the with the Golden Knights, right? Yes. Did you jump? No, I, oh. I, they ah. won't allow that. Oh, okay. Um,
1: so they actually have me seat belted in. and have my gear, my cameras strapped into the plane, and I'm literally right next to the open door, wow. and they go Jeez. up to just under hypoxia levels so they get you up to about thirteen thousand feet max and then they just start doing circles but i'm strapped in and i'm looking i just look to my left and it's just straight down looking at
0: uh veterans park wow that's crazy right i'm picturing him like tom cruise and rogue nation hanging on the side of the plane
2: oh Oh, i'm sorry that was me i'm sorry that that is what i do (laughs) that's that's what happened i'm a tough guy (laughs) We went to see um, – this was probably four or five years ago. We went to see the air show. And as we were walking up towards the lakefront, uh, all of a sudden, this, all these people run around and they're running after this thing. And it turned out one of the Golden Knights, their chute didn't open, so they let that one go and they used their reserve chute. And this, so they're running after this this chute. The chute landed like half a block away from us. This guy like grabbed it and, and ran and like you know bundled it up and put it under his chair and like went and sat down like – who does that? You can't cheat that, you know. It's not like a, it's not like a baseball in the stands. Like you got to give that back. And and, so, prob- yeah. and
1: and he's thinking nobody noticed.
2: Yeah, right, right. right. I'm, I'm pointing there. There he is. There. <laughs> they probably you, need that. Yeah, right, right. Um, you don't have like a, a photo studio then, right? You're you're mainly. I mean, main, your main gig is with the Brewers, obviously, and then and then. Well, you know, I do a lot events. of other
1: work there, uh, so I have other clients, like corporate clients, but I, I don't necessarily need that
2: i'm guessing you just you prefer do you prefer like the live action stuff the
1: game action photos are fun Mm -hmm. it's exciting i mean you're you're doing something that's happening and your decision making is quick and you have to mentally be on your on your toes you just got to keep thinking about what's going on and you got to be able to compose and you got to make sure your technical skills are all down everything's got to be working and that's kind of exciting and then you know, all that, all the, all the stuff that goes along with that is kind of fun, but mm-hmm. I prefer doing uh, environmental portraits and, and fun stuff. So, yeah. like Dale Swain, nuts. That guy is pretty famous in his town for the 1980s. He, he had a pretty big home run on an Easter Sunday. Mm-hmm. I made a great portrait with him on his motorcycle down in spring training when he was our bench coach. Oh, nice. Great guy. Awesome yeah. guy. And I told him, I said, look, a lot of this stuff was for me, it wasn't for the team, but that's part of the perk I get is I can get unique people. In unique environments, and sure. it's right there for me. So I, I got him on his motorcycle. I said I don't need you in a brewer's uniform. I, you know, I just want you to be you, and I know that you love motorcycles. So bring your motorcycle. Right. Open yeah. up a couple buttons on your shirt. Just yeah. a couple. Yeah, just be you. Just a couple. Just, be just, you, just be you. You. relax. Yeah. Thankfully, he didn't. He didn't do that for me. <laughs> back. <Just lean> back. <laughs> if you said that to him, that's a yeah. that's an old school <laughs> PBR <laughs> guy that would probably yeah. knock you out. Right. Um, I was just telling you about uh, Lucray. So oh, Luke, yeah. Luke is a great guy. He's a really cool guy, and I, I did so much fun stuff with him. The year before he left, I got him down in spring training to get his, his bat on fire. Okay. So it wasn't Photoshop. This was, was everything I had lit. I had an assistant at the time. We, uh, I had everything planned out, a couple buckets of water, a sure. couple different bats, and I tested, figured out, because you wouldn't believe how difficult it is to get a baseball bat on fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So my goal was just to have him have the bat out at a distance, because the other thing I had to be cognizant of, I can't burn of
2: no, a Jennifer very McPray.
1: important <laughs> <Right>. player
2: up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right.
1: The, the team's not going to be happy. Nobody's going to be happy. And knowing Jonathan, he, <laughs> Luke is going to be really into it.
2: Right. So yeah. I just planned so on... Can, can you imagine that... I'm sorry, he was doing what? <laughs> and that's what Braun said when
1: he found out. He's like, I can't believe you are that stupid, dude. And Luke was like, dude, this was fun. It was a blast. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I got the bat prepped for how you can get it lit on fire. Okay. And it involved a lot of grill fluid. Okay. So uh-huh. Got that thing going. And uh, I got the standard pose that I wanted. And then he's like, Scott, you got to do this. Get your assistant to throw me balls. So then I started, she started throwing him balls and he's, he's swinging, the, he's swinging oh, at the bat.
2: The it's on bat. my
1: website. It's pretty cool yeah. that it, it turned out the way it did, but it really worked out. And he was just getting into it so much. I finally had to tell him to stop. And I did that with hockey. So the Milwaukee Admirals, I yeah. work with a lot as well. And okay. I kind of, you can say I did the test run with them because I had some of their guys out at a local park. Uh-huh. that the Charlie Larson, the media relations director, great guy, he knew somebody that was, I don't know, manager of the park or whatever, and it had an ice rink. Okay. So right before I went to spring training, he brought a couple of the players out there with their hockey sticks, and I figured out how to get them burning.
0: A lot of your photography lighting things on fire. That's yeah. kind of your thing.
1: You know, now that I think about it, I haven't been asked back to a lot of places. It's a cool niche.
0: Yeah. Do your uh, for, Does your work ever show up on baseball cards?
1: Uh, no, that's also um a card company thing so over or something or
2: yeah well
1: and if you remember back in the day it was really popular 80s and 90s and then mid 90s started tapering off Mm -hmm. about by the 2000s i think that now they have they'd still have card guys shooting this but i'm not sure a lot of them it's a very weird contract thing that they may like tops may go to a wire service now and get them to shoot it or a stock agency to shoot it for them. Now, whereas in the past, tops had their own staff photographers.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Getting back to this uh, Dale Swain stuff. You know, you did that with him on the side, like you said, just kind of for you, right? Yes. So do you own that then? Or is that like... I mean, like where are the rights yeah, they won't because of the baseball thing and everything? Right. Well,
1: my contract with the Brewers, and that was set before I got there, they they own the images that I shoot. Okay. But the agreement that I have is for what I do, I have to make it worthwhile. So building a portfolio or doing something fun with the unique situation I have there, that's what I can do. So I'm okay. allowed to do that. And yeah. and I've been able to do that with many different players. So I keep those photos, but I still don't have the rights, not only because of the team, but because of the player themselves right the individual yeah yeah you can't just outright market you know or go to a card store and sell some of these things or 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 memorabilia store you just can't do that crazy ideas come up and I like wow it would be really cool and some of them are like cliche like Axford when he was with us okay if you remember him he was our lights out closer forever so I took an axe threw it over his shoulder and Uh, I put him in a studio lit it on fire (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> that i went the opposite direction
1: okay. i had it lit with strobes with electricity and i had water dumping all over him like it was raining and it was just pouring all over him okay and i shot that that way yeah and then there was a hoffman Hoff- uh, Trevor Hoffman, one of the things Hoffman liked to do, especially in spring training, if he wasn't working or throwing that day, he would come in and he would do his warm-ups and his practices, and then you'd find him in one of the backfields somewhere. Just He's a California guy. He'd be okay. sitting in his uniform, but he'd have no shirt on, and he'd be laying in the grass with a stogie, and oh, he'd no just kidding. be smoking and relaxing, yeah. and that's, that was his his thing, yeah. thing. So I'm like, dude, when we get back, I want to get you in the studio smoking because i want to get the smoke swirling around you so i had him in the studio and made these great shots of Uh him doing that and the smoke is swirling around and i'm all i'm thinking about is me and what i want i want the image so i keep telling him come on more puffs keep on give me more of a drag more smoke (laughs) and finally he's like scott i gotta work today you're making me sick
2: i gotta get out of the studio (laughs) that's awesome that's cool. Being a lifelong brewer fan, you know, I can only imagine that for me. I mean, I'd just be starstruck every day. Like, I can't. I'm just hanging out with these. I'm sure, you know, it's a job for you. So, it's it's probably still cool. But, you know, it, you can still talk when you're well, talking to these guys. And I'd be just.
1: In all seriousness, it's great that you're around these guys. But, yeah, you get over some of these I'm things. Sure, because yeah. it, you. if you look at them, they're kind of like your coworkers at a point. Mm-hmm. And. There's a lot of people you look at, and they they keep throwing out, well, my good friend Bronner, my good friend here, I'm like, well, does that mean you go hang out and have dinner with them and you're hanging out at their house? No, I mean, you're really coworkers. So I I try not to break that barrier, but some of them do become friends. We talked about that earlier.
2: Yeah,
1: Uh, And you miss them when they leave the team, Luke Roy, Chad Muller, these different guys, but Mm -hmm. um, after a while you get used to it. And and like Yelly, when he came on, he's a really good guy. And Mm -hmm. and I think one of the things I like to look at is – after getting over the starstruckness, so like mm-hmm. in 96 when I started, I was afraid to step on the field because I didn't, I thought that was sacred ground. You weren't yeah, supposed right. to do that. Right. Uh, but then the photographer knocked me in the head and said, Look, you can't work out there. You got to come <laughs> over here. Right.
2: <laughs> come out of the dugout. Right. Come
1: on. come so on. <laughs> once I got over that, and you start getting to know them, and if you're just quiet, and like all of the conversations I've heard from like Euchre, Bud Selig, Joe Torrey, uh, Yount, I mean, the stories they tell. If you're just quiet and you listen, I mean, you pick up some really good information and you see how things work.
2: Yeah. And then
1: the new guys, too. Like, uh, uh, Braun is incredibly smart. He's a very good businessman, and, and and he got it. Even as a rookie, I was impressed with how he understood what it means to be a ball player uh-huh. And a lot of other guys did, but I just sort of recognize that. And Yelly's the, kind of the same way. I'm very impressed with... I don't know if I could handle that much attention all the time. Every time you turn around, somebody wants something. Someone's pulling you in this direction or that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Yet he handles all, all every so, media I mean, appearance, everything very well. Yeah,
2: I was going to say, like, I don't know behind the scenes, but, you know, in front of the camera, at least, every time you see him, he's so calm, cool, collected. just like, yeah, okay, you know, let's do this, let's do that. It just kind of feels like, He's got this attitude. This is, just comes with the territory, and let's go do it. You know, whatever you want to, whatever. I yeah, mean, it just could, seems very laid back.
1: Any of us in our twenties ever be able to do that? Especially, I mean, right. And and I don't comment on money at all either because I don't. Any of you guys want to make three hundred million a year? I mean, with with you know the big players out there, anybody, it, God bless you. If you can get it, take it. I I wouldn't turn yeah. it down if you. But yeah. along with that comes a lot of attention. Yeah. So. Right. Um, I I don't like it when people knock them for making that or having the opportunity to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the same time, if you can handle it without being a jag.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. And they're the best in their field, which has got a whole uh, section of the paper, a whole section on the Internet devoted to them. So they must be doing something that is important in a way. Now, one thing that also might uh, make it easier for you to, to be around these people is... Now these people are getting to be 10, 12, 15 years younger than you, right? Initially, they were your... (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah. (laughs) Initially, they were people around your age. And so some of these guys are probably starting to look like kids, right?
1: When I started in 96, it was kind of interesting because the Jeff D'Amico's and and the Ben McDonald's and and John Jahas, they, they were... Maybe a year or two younger, something like that. I mean, sure. you're right. You get to about ten years later, then you're looking at the thing, going, "Oh my God!" So I was over in the Gulf when this guy was born. Right. Right. And now lately, I don't even. I don't want to look. I just don't look. Yeah. It yeah. because yeah. they are.
2: Two thousand. Oh my God. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, it, it, exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Where were sure. you at nine eleven? That a lot of them weren't even born yeah, when nine eleven happened. 11?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do
0: these guys? And again, we don't want to. Uh, get you in any trouble but do these guys do they get along are they a family or is it are these guys mercenaries and they're from different teams and they're thrown together and they're only together for 60 games or two seasons do these people really gel as a as a group
1: well i think in like any work environment you have and, and and especially since you have so many people from across the country and across the world that will come to your team, you would think, how do they have a lot in common? So you, you form bonds with certain players and and they become your friends. And I see that, but you do see on a good team, you see one guy take the team leader role. And then Mm -hmm. you also see guys that will just hang out together. And if you remember back to early 2018, even 2017, I mean, the celebrations in the dugout were just crazy. Oh, yeah. And I, I think a lot of this has to do with social media, but they would search for you because they want to be photo, they want to have a party and it's good. Whereas mm-hmm. way back in the day when it was first started, you didn't dare. I mean, there, baseball was serious business, it was subdued. Sure. Yeah, in some some cases a walk off home run the the team just ran off the field and right into the clubhouse and you didn't see anything. Yeah. That's how they did it back then. But now everything's out in the open. Mm-hmm. You get teams that really gel and you see the guys and and you see everybody's having fun. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just have to be the Hispanic players with them and then the uh, the Texas guys just with the Southern guys. You know, mm-hmm. they all you see them all working together. Um, yeah. Suter is one of them he's hilarious that guy is just nuts yeah yeah oh he's yeah i can dance like crazy and he's he's just he really riles up that dugout yeah it doesn't matter who you are and everybody just has a party in there
2: right
0: yeah yeah that's cool and obviously on the other end of it there's a lot of competition right these guys want to get more playing time they want to get bigger contracts so they're trying to beat out the other guy
1: when it comes down when you're at this level because it, it it's it's one of the most difficult sports out there to be at the major leagues yeah you know, if, if I don't start getting more singles or do what I'm hired for, we'll be I'm going to be gone. Yeah. So
0: you've met Euchre, you've met Seelig, you've met Yount. What other oh, big geez. names have you met? You know,
1: I wrote that down because I'm really bad at remembering names. <laughs> um, we had, especially when I first came on board with the Brewers, we had a plethora of players that you're never going to hear of again.
2: Charlie Moore. Did you ever meet Charlie Moore? Um, I did. We
1: had a reunion so I can pretty much name the '82 World Series oh, team. That was my yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah, so right, I can still right. name it. And just about all of those guys showed okay. up. Moliner, Was Moliner there?
2: Moliner? No,
1: Molly wasn't. Was he there last? Uh, the the he, reunion he one. I don't, don't think he was this. there on the, at the last reunion, which was okay. what I forget again. Was that 2018 or 17? But there we had uh, everybody from the 2000 or the '82 uh, World Series team come back. Okay, and a lot of them were there. So my idols growing up. So yeah, right. Um, of course, uh, Jim Gantner, Gumby. Yep, he's there a lot. Okay. He actually works in batting practice. He'll hit uh, ground balls to the guys. Gorman Thomas is there a lot. Okay. Um, Larry Heisel is like a saint. The guy is in. He, he's in the community and he works with uh, a lot of inner city kids and helping them out and developing them to grow up. Um, and then of course Yount. Sure. He's the name of the club. He comes by a lot. Yeah. He's a he's a really good guy too. He'll remember you. He'll remember everything, anything he's done with you. So he's a good guy. He'll come yeah. around a lot. That's cool. What about
0: uh, anybody from an opposing team that made an uh, impact on you?
1: Um, I think the most interesting thing I had to do uh, is that when I joined the Brewers, they were in the American League. So I got to photograph oh, guys right. in that the American League. So I even had photos of Cal Ripken Jr. Okay. Because cool. he was still playing.
2: Yeah.
1: very. I think it was like his last year or so. So I okay. got photos of him. Mm-hmm. Uh and I've met him. He's he's very nice guy, very genuine guy. Mm-hmm. I would say, as far as opposing players go, I've met a couple of guys on the Cubs for various promotional reasons. I had to photograph them up here because that they just happened to be here when that had to be done. Um, the the Cubs players I like. They're they're really good guys. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> don't get me on their fans. Just we're talking about the players. Some of the, some of the guys are really good yeah, guys. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anyone. As far as an opposing player goes, I, Joe Torrey I met, but, I mean, that's an oh. old, older player. He, mm-hmm. he was a very interesting, fun guy to listen to.
2: Oh, I bet. I uh, bet he had stories. Jeez.
1: Well, again, that's one of those things if you're a fly on the wall, which I am if I'm waiting for, like, uh, the, the, the C-League statue dedication. Everybody oh, from baseball came in for that yeah, thing, yeah. So, in one room, as I'm waiting for this festivities to start, there was Doc Severinson, there was Joe tory there was uh Bud Selig, there was Robin Yount, there was Hank Aaron. Wow. And once those guys get down to talking, my the stories that are just going out, and we oh, remember when we did it? I'm like, oh, really? Oh, wow, yeah, this is right. interesting. Just be quiet and listen. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. certainly don't interrupt, that's for sure. <laughs> just no, sit there
0: and be quiet. <laughs> well, Scott, uh, the second half has always pa- has already passed by. We want to thank you for stopping by here tonight. Yeah thanks, Scott. It's been good good
2: time. Really appreciate you coming well, I on.
1: appreciate you asking me and having interest in me, and I can't believe it. I, I really did think it was going to be like torture for me <laughs> to listen to me for five minutes, much less, you know, two hours. Well, it has been on the scent. So yeah, right, I just right. want you to know that.
2: No, I'm teasing. <laughs> in fact, we're actually wrapping it up a little yeah, early. We're yeah. not letting you. Oh, really only <laughs> has been 15. I, yeah. I guess the Bill Cosby drink worked. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
0: Well, Scott, once again, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks, we do Scott. one thing that uh, we've got a fourth person here that's uh, been watching the uh, <laughs> the festivities. She might know this from uh, listening to her podcast. We count down the uh, the end of the podcast here, so we'll count down three, two, one. Here so we, we go. So we
2: count down, and then we put the music in yeah. post-production. That's yeah. why we count down. For, right. yeah, yeah. So
0: here we go. Three, three two, one. two, one. Music. Well, thanks again,
2: Scott. Yeah, thanks again, Scott. And we'll see see you at the
0: Tiki, and we'll see you around the neighborhood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Say hello at the ballpark, too, if you get out there.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Always happy to say hello. Sounds good. Clap it out. All right.
2: Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast as we embark on more madcap adventures of nonsense, shenanigans, and tomfoolery.